You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, it's the hitman's wife's bodyguard, bodyguard because right. why not? Um, <laughs> and because there's uh, not a lot else going on, and uh, it's you know the number one movie, so you gotta you gotta, you gotta love do that. that, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, we, you know we're still super weird and hoping for F nine, I guess, basically is the thing, right? right? Um, there, you know, there was a theory that in the Heights would uh, get a lot of people, and uh, you know, it didn't really do that well, but. You know, I don't know. It's such a it's such a weird thing. Still, um, it didn't do that great. It's a really fun movie. You see it uh, yeah, that right. you have not seen. I've seen, but it. it's I'm on. Uh, it. You know, it's on HBO Max. Yeah. And so then there's, uh, you know, is that the reason it didn't do that well at the box office and like things are still coming out both and all that stuff? Right. Uh, but the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is uh, number one with like. I don't know what was it, like 14, 15 million yeah. weekend or whatever, yeah. which is the and, benchmark. Uh, and in the Heights, man is like still like sixth or seventh mm-hmm. in the box office. Yeah, <laughs> I I think behind Fast and Furious Eight, <laughs> which <laughs> which is not good. That's not good. Uh, but you know, it's it's available at home, and right. this is such a weird thing, and so. Uh, a lot of people. I was even like in like a Twitter fight with people really? about, about this. Yeah, because uh, people were calling it like a disaster. No, and uh, I got in this one uh, fight with somebody who was uh, calling it a disaster. Yeah, you know, follow me on Twitter and go. Look this at is my great. I gotta arguments. go look at this. Um, <laughs> but but this is you know this person or a couple people that I've argued with about it. You know, are not alone. Like people are sure. saying, oh, it's uh, right. it's uh, you know. It's a flop and a disaster, whatever. But uh, but it doesn't make any sense. Right? It's all it's on streaming, and you know you HBO Max whatever has streaming release numbers, and uh, it's like oh no, it's not even doing that good at home either. Yeah, but still, I mean, what does that mean? Because you know, I people are vaccinated now and might want to have a bunch of people over to watch in the Heights. And, uh, and you know, it's just not comparable to things like, uh, the conjuring or, you know, King Kong, right. Right. Or whatever. I mean, people are going to go to the theater for their big monster movie or their horror thing. Like that's, yep. That's big theater draws. And in the Heights, uh, is everyone going? Hey, I have to see this on the big screen. Uh, right. I don't think so. I think right. I think they're all thinking, "Hey, I could invite ten of my friends over, <laughs> and we could watch HBO Max." And, <laughs> and right, and uh, and it's it just doesn't like mean anything. The individual <laughs> streamings don't necessarily mean anything either. If it's right. uh, if it's doing uh, you know fairly bad compared to other huge HBO Max releases. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything? Like, uh, first of all, it's a you know it's a weird musical, 
right? right? Which is fairly niche. I don't care how popular Hamilton is. Right. It, everyone's not going to see it. It's right. still a certain demographic, right? It's yeah. not going to uh, compete with the next Marvel movie, right? right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Right. But also, it seems to me like it lends itself very well to, you know, people inviting their four or five friends over to watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. And what numbers are you getting out of that? That's right. one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, anyway, right. it's all so weird. And, and plus, you know, I, I mean, my, my theory is, you know, no one ever calls any Netflix releases disasters because they didn't make any box office money. Right. They make none box office money. And yet no one goes, Hey, this is a flop or right. whatever, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but whether there's anything to say about in the Heights for that or not, the box office is still not doing real strong, even after they had, you know, like some comeback kind of times with uh, those movies, like The Conjuring right. uh, did really well. Cruella has overall done really well. I think it's like, at this point, like third or fourth on the year for how much money. Yeah. <clears throat> but also, uh, you know, movies are underperforming but you know so far we've still got like 400 million in total box office for the year right. that's insane right right uh but you know fast and the furious 9 is coming out black yeah. widow is is right. not right too far away so yeah. you know i don't know theoretically uh and you know it's also weird to just hear these people like clamoring desperate for movie studios <laughs> to make more money. And yeah. I'm like, wait, what, like, what do you care? Like, yeah. it, how about is the movie any good? Right. And I get right. to see it at home. Right. And that's cool. No, if only theaters would yeah. make lots more money and whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't understand why stuff like HBO doesn't, you know, okay. So you're, you're at home and you want to see in the Heights and it's, or black widow or whatever. 30 bucks until it's free on the service in this fall. Right, okay. Right. You do that. And at the end, you either go online with a code or you do something in the middle, not in the middle of a movie, but at the start of a film and you get $5 off your next one. And all you got to do is be like, look, thank you for buying our movie. Hope you enjoy it. How many people are watching right now? Right, right. Just give them the free data that will make them understand better about this thing. Give them five or 10 off the next film. It, it could be repetitive for the rest of time, or it's just a one-time thing. Get the numbers you want and hope that people are honest and they're not like 50. <laughs> right. You know, I'm running a drive in, you know, cause you're going to get those idiots. And then you just, you obviously mean those out. Right. Right. But, do this but get some information get, a, get better it, numbers sure. about how many people are watching and whether or not you can then say well there were seven in the room for 30 that's not a great success but if they're two in the room for 30 that's date night that's a real showing right you know i just i we can't be the only smart people i don't air, know the whole thing just uh for me i don't care uh, <laughs> i mean i, I agree with you it's, i don't it's far i don't from care a flop. i don't care if movie studios make a hundred million dollars sure. a weekend again right. because theaters and you know the the, the funny thing to me is you know if you're <laughs> we'll see how long we babble about this but uh <laughs> the funny thing for me is is a bunch of people who are screaming for people to go back to the movies so that theaters don't die because they love theaters and right. they want to see everything in theaters right. and then you know they go they buy their ticket they sit down and watch the movie and that's yeah. it 
Like they're killing the theater right. industry more than anybody else. Right. Because they don't make any money on selling your ticket and right. making the studios money. Yeah. You know, go to the movie theater and buy like five things of popcorn that you're not actually going to eat. And then right. I'll believe that you care about the theater right. industry. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> because that, yep. that theater gets nothing out of it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, this week we got uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. But also I want to talk about a couple of quick things. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, Luke is out. Yeah. Uh, Pixar movie and you know it's really good and and here's another weird thing where I, I've seen so many people uh, over the last few days when Luca came out I've seen all these people on like uh, Twitter and Facebook and lots of online places who are throwing out this stuff like they really like Luca or whatever and they have these like lists of you know the best Pixar movies of the last five years or something right. ranked or the right. the best last 10 Pixar movies or whatever. Right. And Luke is really high. Okay. Like it might not be first. It's in the top five. But it's like really high, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and, and, and for me, that's just a way to weed out <laughs> critics. <laughs> like go find, go find people. Oh, no. I mean, it is. So it's not in the top 10? It, it's a good... It's, fine. It, it, it's a good movie. It's a pretty good Pixar movie, but it's nowhere near like <laughs> Pixar's best movie like or even like best movie of the last five years. Not that yeah. Pixar has had like necessarily the best last it's been five a so- years. Yeah, it's been a soft five years. But Although, uh, you know, Soul was, Soul Soul was, was really huge. good and uh, everybody loved that and everything. But, I mean, it was... It was a really good movie, but I think this movie, if this movie had come out in theaters, if it had been a normal year, I think people yeah. would be bagging on this movie hard. Yeah. Like they got to see it free at Disney so, Plus and they're yeah. like, uh, okay, they're like softer on it, right? Yeah, because right. it's, it is really good still, right? It's a re, it's a really good movie. And, yeah. uh, you know, my kids liked it. It's, it's fun and it has like its moments and, but it's, it's a lot more trying to be kind of fun for kids yep. than most Pixar movies are. You know, there's right. the whole like being separated from your parents sure. and different and, and this stuff. But but the depth of the movie is like not not there, yeah. but it's like a lot shallower depth and... Okay. You know, it's it's sweet and fun and it has its emotional, you know, moments and everything. But a lot of what's getting you there is, you know, it's very like light and breezy. Yeah. And, and that's fine because it's an animated kids movie. Sure. But, but, you know, it's not at the level of, right. you know, like. If this was Pixar, if this was Pixar's first movie, right, you'd, you'd, as opposed right. to like Toy Story, right, right, that everyone wouldn't go, "Hey, man, right. this is like right. the new greatest studio in the universe." Yeah. Right? I mean, it's you know whatever it is, what it is, it's but fine. it wasn't. Uh, Actually, it wasn't the world's greatest thing, but it's definitely worth watching, and and uh, yeah, your kids will love it. One it, thing has nothing to do with the other. Right, You're right. taking umbrage with these list idiots, right? And of course, everybody that listens to our shows, the thing that I watched right now is the best movie I've ever seen. (laughs) See, now I want to just go find a couple of those lists and then make my own. Like, what do I think the best Pixar films in the last decade are? And 
I'm all over that because right. I'm I love lists. So. Right, sure. And I'll tell you right now, I said list, and you like I, I perked up. right up. You saw me do it. They couldn't, <laughs> yeah. but you did. It's not going to be that long before we have to do our lists. I know it's only June. Oh my god! But I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. No, I I I'm gonna see that probably. I I think uh, my girlfriend wanted me to wait to see that with with her. So I, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. But I'm right. sort of I'm sort of interested in it just because there's been a weird push. There's been a strange push for it and against it to try right, to maybe right. even it out. And I don't like you. I know you don't do this. I don't hover online just to see these spats. Who's but if gonna, I'm online and they're happening, then I then I put my toe in for a minute. But this just seems to be weirdly elastic. There's a lot of pro and pushing right, back. right. But, so I'm, I'm a little curious about it but right all right and uh before we get to the movie i also want to mention uh, a couple of things just to throw them uh, out there uh one is uh the new iCarly is out right the the re oh yeah not even like it's not a reboot it's not a reimagining it's, it. it's it's just like it's a, just the continuation yeah it's like we go back and and now we start Pick it up again we check back in with carly yep and uh, and Sam hilariously refused to do the show, but uh, right. but everybody else basically is involved with the show. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, there's like they drop three all at once, and then it's like weekly after, after that. that. It's on uh, what's it's on like Paramount, Paramount. Plus. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um. So they they drop like three all at once, and then it's going to be weekly after that. And so I haven't seen that much of it. But it's not bad. Yeah, I was actually like oh, okay. really surprised. Okay. I thought okay. Uh, so so my my biggest thing right uh, with iCarly, which is strange. Uh, it's a strange thing. Uh, I love the original show. It's like, yeah. It it's seriously one of the best shows for kids there's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my big thing really is like Jerry Trainer, and it's the strangest thing, right? Like her, you know, her <laughs> older brother. Right? Yeah. Uh, because I love him in this show, yeah, and he is like it. He's like an old school like comedy thing happening in the original show, right? Mm-hmm. That you just don't get much not, of, not any, yeah, a- anymore. You know, he. It's like he's. I mean, the whole show is like based on being goofy anyway, right? But he's like very slapstick, mm-hmm. very like, uh, you know, he's almost like Don Knotts or something, right? right? He's like a very you have to look back to find like people who are doing anything similar to like what he does in the original show. Right. Right. It's very, it's very old and goofball and you know, in a certain sense, and this is weird too, but I mean, in a certain sense, he's, he's very like Mr. Rogers. Yeah. In just in the fact that he is like in the show originally, I mean, he's not that old in the original show anyway, but but he's in there like being goofy <laughs> to entertain kids, right? And and like just you know going for it. And yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. And uh, anyway, so I just I just like to see him. That's cool. Back, yeah. And as much as it, and that was a weird show too because you've got like Miranda Cosgrove, you know, sure parlayed that into plenty of yeah. things, right? And but. It's it's a weird show in the sense that everyone in that show did not get all sorts of in your face afterwards. And right. You're like, but why? Right. What? Why did this was the best thing going? <laughs> right. right. Why, why did yeah. that not work? Anyway, yeah, but so weird. so it's really cool to see the show back. And that is it's, cool. It's actually pretty good. Uh, 
And it's weird too because it really does kind of let you continue these characters in a cool way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're obviously all 10 years old or sure. whatever. They're all so Cobra Kai'd up. Go- yeah, yeah. We live in a really interesting, fun, retrospective kind of world where <laughs> the success... And I know it's not just Cobra Kai, but man, the fact that that took off, you know, just like a YouTube Plus kind of thing, YouTube right, Red right. thing, and now is like this sort of soft juggernaut... I, I'm all set for seeing all kinds of old things come back. Right. Let's do it. Let's check in with right. people and see where the characters might be 10, 20, 25 right. years later. But uh, I'm if, all over if, it. If we could do that and get to avoid yeah. uh, like half the reboots of stuff that are going to come out. That's true. Where they completely do it all over. Yeah. If we could switch. Dump though. Yeah. I, I totally <laughs> I, agree. I would really be. Yeah, that'd be great. That. Uh, and the other thing, uh, before we just go on forever, the one other thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> is uh, Kevin Can F Himself came out. <laughs> on yeah. uh, it, So it's on AMC, right? right? But if you have AMC Plus, and it's on, uh, I want to say it's like Mondays, yeah. but I'm not sure. I think it's Monday. Um, I just... But it started with like the two-hour so, so premiere, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and, but if you have AMC Plus, then right, you, you can watch it. You, not it. only can you watch it whenever, but you also right. get the next episode earlier. So that's the yeah, so that's, that's the like initiative. The, that's yeah. like the double okay. bonus yeah. of uh, this particular way that we're throwing shows right. out. Right. I think it is even like a whole week earlier, and I'm not completely sure that's about big. that. Right. Yeah. But you get the you get the next uh, episode earlier. Anyway, yeah. uh, so that came out. That is like the greatest show, yeah, or the worst show. It's a great that show. you have ever seen. It looks so no much matter fun. who you are, yeah, right, if, right. You're if, in. If you one. are the if you are the wrong person for this show, right, you will hate this show like in every way. Yeah, but it is awesome. It looks the great. The thing that really is tricky <laughs> about it, yeah. right? Okay, is that those first two hours you see, yeah. That's almost like the trailer. It's like the okay. show doesn't actually start yeah. in a certain way. Uh, there's some sense, that's anyway, cool. right? Where it's not until you get to the end of that episode and there's kind of like a big, you know, like reveal that happens yeah. at the end of that two hours. And then after that, everything is very different, right? right. The first two <laughs> hours are really just setting all this stuff up. Yeah. And uh, letting us see her name's uh, Allison. Yeah. Uh, her character name well, is Allison. Character. She is uh, the the star of the show is from uh, Schitt's Creek. Yeah. And and it's a funny show, but it's funny in like a very particular way, too. Yeah. Where, you know, I don't know. You might not even <laughs> like it. Right. Because it's uh, it's like Schitt's Creek. It's a very almost kind of more British comedy right? right like Shit's creek which is which was an awesome show yeah um it was not a show though where you're like rolling around laughing no the stuff is not that kind Snicker, of funny. guffaw it's funny <laughs> like you know it's very yeah british slash eugene levy right. you know slash like uh sctv i was just gonna say second city stuff right yeah. it's and once in a while, you know, Eugene Levy's in stuff where you'll laugh you'll really crack hard up, and right. SCTV will do stuff where you'll right. 
laugh really hard. But the overall like comedy is not it's not that kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. It's comedy where uh, you never laughed, but then when the show ends, you're like, God, that was that funny was as hell. It made right? me feel really good. Yeah, yeah. it's like, right. so this show is when it's funny, but also this show is like super dark and crazy, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so this is like AMC after hours. It It is really the weirdest yeah. show. And mm-hmm. uh, and there's no there's no way, uh, I, you know, I wrote a review of this show already, and it was very challenging actually to yeah. write a review of this movie thread the needle because there is nothing that sells the show at all there's right. there's no way to describe <laughs> this show right it's uh it's the most unrecommendable show right. because there's nothing you can say about it right right that you really want to recommend everyone watch mm-hmm. and uh the setup we get through the uh opening like hour of the show right it is uh, it, it's so just sitcom standard. Everything about the show is yeah. utterly sitcom trope standard thing that happens in right. every uh, sitcom. And so she's married to Kevin. Kevin is uh, kind of like a throwback, like Gleason-esque mm-hmm. doofus, right? Right. right. Um, but in this, he's really like outwardly almost hostile in his disregard for his wife. Right. Which, so if you go just to follow the comparison, you know, if you go, that's Gleason's gig. Right. Is that, is that he's a doofus who doesn't pay attention to his wife. And then every once in a while you have to get that little, you know, he, he comes back back right Right. he gets like a little redemption and then actually he's not so bad right and in this show no you don't (laughs) you don't get that yeah he's just uh he's just you know bonkers everything is like but everything is like you know it's a house we're living in Worcester Mm -hmm. uh, so everyone's got these goofy Massachusetts accents that they do and don't have sometimes maybe (laughs) That's awesome. And uh, they hate the Yankees or whatever. Sure. But it's very like, you know, it's like Roseanne and everybody loves Raymond and like yep. every other sitcom Always. ever yeah. where it's just some, it's just the family and <laughs> we're sitting around being, you know, working class, whatever. Um, but then, you know, she has, you know, she, when she's alone, right? The lights are different. Mm-hmm. Like everything's everything's dark now. Right. Sometimes she's daydreaming and like fantasizing about killing him. Yeah. And sometimes she's not daydreaming and she's <laughs> fantasizing about killing him. Or yeah. she's like putting together the plans of killing him. Right. And she doesn't even really have a reason that she's killing him. Right. right. It's such a weird thing, too. It's like she could just divorce him or whatever right right. but it's really like this uh strange deconstruction (laughs) show right where it's like she's trapped in the sitcom that we watch when the lights are all bright right and everything right and then she goes into another room and it's all dark and then we see her the person who's trapped in the other show and she hates her life and But it's also like it's was so weirdly written, right? It's it, it it's easily the most original thing that you've seen in a long time, right? Because all it's doing is trying to do the opposite of all the things that it's supposed to do, right? Right. right. The characters say like the script notes at you, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's okay. Like, <laughs> that's cool. So there's like 
there's one part where so you've got Kevin the doofus and you've got the neighbors, uh, his best friend and his best friend's sister are live together next door and mm-hmm. are always over, you know. Right. And his best friend is, you know, uh, doofus Ed Norton you right. know, from next door, who is just like the facilitator of <laughs> Kevin's goofy plans and right. goes along with them and all this stuff. Right. Um, but his sister, as so at one point, uh, his sister is basically telling Allison like not to have dreams or that she's dumb for having these dreams or yeah. whatever. She's you know Allison has uh, visions of actually owning a house, and aspirations, moving yeah, and whatever, no. yeah. And uh, and at one point, it's like uh, she said, Allison says to the sister, like she says, like are you content with you know, and some description of her horrible, stupid life or whatever. Yeah. And, and her sister just says like, yes. Right. <laughs> and you're like, that's like the thematic notes on the scene. Right. That you're just saying, right. not the dialogue. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to say. Right. That's what people are supposed to get out yeah. of whatever it is. That Your you answer. Say, right? right. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what is happening? Comedy right? through subversion. And then you get to another point. Uh, she stumbles upon this guy that she used to know who has moved back. Like he escaped to New York and right. now he moved back. And she like <laughs> runs to him to talk to him. Right. right. When she's like completely desperate and has no idea what to do. And, uh, and you know, like the, like liner notes in the script, yeah. you know, say like <laughs> she needs someone to use as a sounding board right. so that she can say all the thoughts that are in her head to someone who will, you know, nod along and right. say she's right or something. And they go into that scene and then she starts talking to him and he says something. And then she has like kind of a snippy response and she's like, you know, I just, just needed someone to talk to. And he goes, I don't think you did need someone to talk to. You sound like you needed someone to sit here and listen to you and nod along and say, yeah. And I'm like watching the show going, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing what you shouldn't do. It's so, yeah. it's That's so weird. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird to watch. And also it just keeps flipping back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. And as it goes on for the first, you know, two, three episodes that you watch or whatever, as it goes on, every time it goes back to where the lights are, yeah. it gets like more cartoony, you know? Okay. <laughs> and and every time it goes, you know, to where the lights are off, it gets like more dark. And she's like having visions of like mm. stabbing him in the throat. And this sounds interesting. It is so crazy. But sounds refreshing. If you like if you end up yeah. liking it, if you like it at all, you're going you're to love, love it. it right? right. Right. And if you don't, you're going to hate it yeah. and you're going to, uh, you're going to be really pissed that you have to actually pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So it's like the sitcom within a sitcom. It's like the Truman show. Right? Yeah. It's like, right. she's trapped right. in this and we're, and she, we're watching her crazy show. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it gets darker and darker and, yeah. and the other parts get like, you know, more, more goofy. Kevin gets like goofier, right? Like right. Kevin gets like so goofy that you're like, how is she here 10 years later? Cause it starts off. It's like their 10 year anniversary. Right? right. And it gets like so goofy that you're like, wait a minute. Like how was this person ever here for 10 right. years or whatever? 
but it, it it's so cool. It is it is really like uh, you know Wilma woke up one day and said, "Why am <laughs> I with me. this idiot? I'm done like, with Fred. I'm <laughs> right. taking pebbles where I yeah. yeah I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> but it is you've got you've got I'm to curious. check it out I, and give it a try. I've right? loved got I've loved the uh, the spots on TV that have been running and even just the dark tones. And until you told me this, I thought okay. I've been here before. This is a show that's advertising darkness and dark comedy. Right. But you're you're gonna lighten up. You're gonna no, go. you're not gonna come not. in <laughs> and you know, and the last time a show like that hit totally missed for me. And it's and a bunch of my friends are still like always trying to lobby me into liking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah. And every one of them loves it. And I I've been like, fine, I tried to watch it from the beginning, didn't land. I'm like, look, let's speed this up. If you didn't like Seinfeld, I could tell you the three best episodes to see if you'll really ever like it. Right. So give me your three. They gave me their three. <clears throat> I hated all of them. And another person was like, no, no, they gave you the wrong three. I'm like, you give me your three. Two of the three were the same. And I'm like, guess what? It's just not going to do anything for me because it's not, it's not for me. Right. But I got a right. feeling Kevin can go F himself is... <clears throat> more in line with what I want to see because it just sounds and, and fun. And it is, uh, and I mentioned this in my review, uh, go to ruscreening.com mm-hmm. and uh, check it out. But I mentioned this in my review um, because uh, she is, it, so it's it's not like, fu- it's not funny like, um, you know, Shit's Creek is at least trying to be, right. uh, you know, humorous fun funny it is still a sitcom even though it's kind of like a different thing but you're still in that same world right and you're in a world of kind of comfortable even if you're even if you're different what you're trying to get people to be is comfortable right 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 (laughs) and this is not right yeah um but you could tell watching the show uh or at least i feel like i could tell yeah who knows right right that uh, uh, man, did she capitalize on her time of having like five or six seasons of Shit's Creek yeah. to learn from like Eugene right. Levy and Catherine right. O'Hara? Yeah, how to just uh, pull everything out of a scene, right? Like yeah. Eugene Levy, and and I'm just uh, saying stuff that's in my review. So if you already read the review, sorry, right? You right. have to listen to this again, but <laughs> yeah. right. But Eugene Levy, right? He's you know comic genius icon, right? Yep. It's not because he's funny. Right. He is funny. Right. right. But it's not because he's funny. It's because he can take whatever your scene is and know exactly how to get the the mileage exact like, most out of it that yeah. it's possible to get. Yeah. And for him, a lot of the time of the time is just like he stares at you blankly right. in the right way at the right time. For the right whatever amount, it is, yeah. he can, you know, pull the comedy out. Yeah of the script like way better than whatever script you give him. Yeah. Right. And, and I could see, and Catherine O'Hare is the same way. Yeah. I mean, and has been always. For decades, has been. Yeah. Right. Um, and you could, you can watch the show and watch her in the scenes, especially when it's dark, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot, it's a lot better <laughs> when it's dark because everything about the other, the other part is like trying to be so like cartoony that it's right. like, I don't know, do your best at that. Right. Makes no difference. Right. Yeah. But, in the in the dark parts, some of them that ought to be horrible scenes. Yeah. But because you've got her doing it, it's perfect, right? right? And right. She, oh, she's so good. Oh, that's it's cool. uh, it's hilarious. That's really cool. 
It's hilarious and like you will never laugh probably. Hopefully <laughs> and, and it's it sounds like a bit of a hard sell to a conventional audience unless it's time for them to jump on it. May, hopefully it catches. Yeah, it's uh, it, uh definitely go watch it. But yeah, it's hard to sell. Cuz part of right? it almost it's hard to, it's hard to review but, and right. it's hard to sell and it's hard to see your friend <laughs> and in like 30 seconds convince them they have to see it. Right. I mean, what's it like? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like every sitcom that's ever been out sure. except not. Right. <laughs> except yeah. it's the opposite of them. And it also sounds self-aware like we know we don't have a long life with this. So let's just push what we know is the best part of what we're going to do. Maybe it'll catch and maybe it won't, but right. we'll be doing what we want, you right. know. And then you're like at the water cooler who, who water coolers after COVID, but now you're at the water cooler and you're like, Hey, did you catch Kevin go F himself? And so everyone's like, what's that? And you're like, Oh man, you're going to love it. And then you never look at your coworkers the same way again. <laughs> cause then you're like, right. I'm not going near Dave. <laughs> Dave's right. kind of spooky. Cause he liked this one show. That's all like crazy lighting. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and enjoy it while you and can. You know, the other thing that's really good about it uh, too uh, and now we go on this show forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's really good about it too is that you just don't know what's coming. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And as the show like keeps dragging you along, right? You don't know more what's right. happening and right. not less, right? <laughs> you get like these scenes where, like I said, she has these scenes where she's daydreaming yeah. about killing him. Right. And you know that she's daydreaming like instantly, right? It's right. got like the different lighting. Sure. It's kind of fuzzy on the side. It just doesn't go. People's reactions yeah. are like surreal. So right. you know that it's not really happening. And then she like snaps out of it or whatever. Yeah. And then sometimes she's just sort of plotting. Right. But then the longer you go on the show, you're like, I don't know, man. Maybe she's dreaming everything. Right. Like this could be the Twilight right. Zone, and she's in a little box, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, twitching with and like shaking sleep and, deprivation yeah, right. or whatever. Or, you know, then you watch another few minutes and you go, maybe nothing's a dream, and she maybe actually, I'm dreaming. Maybe she did actually kill him, and like <laughs> she's hallucinating him still being there. Right. Like it could be anything. Right. This, you know, the next episode of the show could suddenly be anything, right. and you have. You're like not tethered to any of the constructs you've seen already. It's yeah, right. So, which is awesome. Right? Yeah. I mean, could go wrong and turn horrible. Who knows? Right. But anyway, all right. So uh, that's enough of that show. Go see that. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. So uh, as we know from the previous movie, which you just watched. Right. Uh, because you're behind on things, right? Yeah. Um, I thought I'd seen it. Right. I, I I genuinely thought I had seen The Hitman's Bodyguard because I'm like, I know all about it. Samuel Jackson, Ryan Reynolds running through comedy. You guys are flip-flopping right, right. around. And then when I started watching it, I went, no. Wait, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. This is talking about. I remember the first like 10 or 15 minutes. So maybe I started it. But I don't remember like 20 minutes in. And I'm like, well, now I don't even. I mean, I know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I don't know what's going to happen. Right. So it was really weird. Uh, yeah, so Ryan Reynolds, and uh, as you said, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson. Ryan Reynolds is a bodyguard. Yep. 
And uh, actually, full disclosure, I really kind of like the first one. Uh, yeah. It's very, like, you know, disposable. It's totally disposable. You could but... watch it and then start watching it again and not remember what's going to happen. So who knows? Maybe you right. did see Maybe it before, I right? Did. It's it's very, like, disposable yeah. kind of uh, fun. But it was, I, you know. It was fine. Yeah I, yeah, I really liked it pretty well. It's uh, it didn't have like delusions of grandeur and think that it was something right. that it wasn't. It was just silly, you know, fun nonsense. Ryan Reynolds is a bodyguard, uh, and we have this whole like world theory building thing going on where uh, you know you get licensed as a bodyguard yeah. by the like World Bodyguard Federation or whatever, yeah. and then. You know, there's like conventions and magazines and Ryan Reynolds is like, you know, he he uh, he was on his way up or something. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, way in the first movie or before the first movie or however it all works out, you know, he was discredited because someone he was guarding got killed. Right. You know, whatever. Anyway, but uh, so as we get into this movie. He is, uh, he's basically, uh, and you've seen, the, this is exactly what's in the trailer, right? Yeah. He's uh, gone to like a shrink who tells him to, you know, stop the bodyguarding thing. He's so, uh, he's so one note, right? Oh, yeah. That's all he is, is his bodyguard status and all he cares about and yeah. all this stuff, right? Samuel Jackson's like the hitman, mm-hmm. And so, you know, going back to the first movie, but... So now we've got uh, the movie opens with Samuel L. Jackson is like has been caught. Right. And so his wife comes to disrupt the peaceful (laughs) sabbatical (laughs) that Ryan Reynolds wants to be on. Ryan Reynolds has like sworn off of using any guns. Right. So for the first like half of the movie or something. Yeah. that's its own little joke going through yeah. the going right. through the whole movie is that he won't use guns uh yeah. for no real reason. I mean just for not the that yucks. it makes yeah. any sense, right. but he's just decided yeah. that he's not gonna use guns. And uh and so once we get past the initial uh saving of Samuel L. Jackson, then all of a sudden it's like uh we discover the grand machinations and schemes within schemes and all this noise that gets us to go along for a while and have an excuse for more action. And that's, that's basically that's it. plot, right? The rest of it is, uh, not especially worthy of explanation, but you know, just to not spoil things. I mean, it's like some, we find ourselves, you know, sucked into the bigger picture and now (laughs) threats from every angle and yada, yada. Anyway. And, uh, and so basically they have to team up and, you know, try to, Try to whatever they're fix, trying to rescue, fix the world, rescue, right? Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, uh, so I so as much as I kind of liked the first movie, this movie hit me completely differently. Yeah, uh, uh, this one I give like I feel like a very generous three. Yeah, right. There's uh, <laughs> there is some fun stuff, but this one just felt completely different. It felt almost like it was made by completely different people for completely different reasons. And everyone who was still in it was in it for like completely different reasons. And like when they made the first one and they had their contractual obligation to make the second one or something like they had built into it, uh, all their vacation plans of, (laughs) 
right. of what was going to happen if they had to make another one. Okay, fine. I'll be in another one if you pay me the money. But also, uh, we're going to film here. And, right. you know, we get right. like uh, two days on, four days off shooting schedule so that I can yeah. go rent some jet skis with my family or whatever. Yeah. It felt so... Like we were just, and even Ryan Reynolds, who usually can avoid making me think that that's what he's doing, even when that's what he's doing. Right. Usually I don't like really get that from him, right. but everything seemed, uh, everything felt just so like uh, knocking something out of the movie factory. It mm-hmm. felt a lot like, you know, literally the movie factory. If you go back to right. like the beginning of movies the, where they made yeah, like three right. a day. <laughs> right. Or whatever. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't know, film something. Mm-hmm. It felt so, uh, you know, everybody behind the camera was, uh, you know, I don't know. It's almost like we're letting the interns run things right. because we want to get them some experience or whatever. Or we're trying to move people up the ladder of uh, how much control of like the sound equipment they're going to have or whatever. Yeah. Because we because we've got them for another movie and we want them to know what they're doing by then. So this is like our dry run of having to do stuff. It felt so weird, everything about it. And as you're going through the movie, some of it still was really fun because this is kind of like that uh, Mark Wahlberg thing where he's in the infinite movie and, and the movie is just goofball and, and passable. Uh, right. I, I don't hate that movie. That movie's actually not too bad as long right. as you don't have too high right. expectations yeah, right. out of it, right? Um, but the movie is goofball, but Mark Wahlberg is like, I don't know, he's fun in right. it, no, no yeah. matter what he's doing. And Ryan Reynolds can kind of get you through some of that stuff. And Samuel Jackson obviously can too, except that his character is a little... You know, Samuel L. Jackson is is actually like fighting against his character mm-hmm. to deliver some charisma that will get you to watch, right? right? Because you don't want to watch his character, even though he's right. trying to sell you on being able to watch him. Ryan right. Reynolds doesn't have that problem so much because his character is fine. Yeah. And uh, you're okay with playing along with his character for most of the stuff. Uh, so it's got like some fun parts and everything, but everything about it was hard to just hard to swallow in a different way it, it's it, not it's not you're right and i mean i did i i knew we were going to see the wife's bodyguard so i like you said i watched the hitman's bodyguard and realized okay i hadn't seen it just wanted to kind of get a refresher and then i watched it because i'm like well i i'm having fun you know and i if i gave the first film any rating it would probably be like six it was a little better than average but it yeah, wasn't I, it wasn't I, revolutionary I feel, like I, I feel like i gave it a seven it yeah was, okay uh, you know it was just a it's just fun, good fun it's time, just a right? laid-back yeah. easy popcorn fun time and the second film with all things being equal it's it's got the same writer director kind of vision it's got them you know and it's got the same vision they're carrying on it's got mostly the same cast you get you know, instead of um, Gary Oldman in the first film, you get Antonio Banderas in the second film. Right. And then what you start seeing are... Who's just laughable. And then you, know, you start getting basically what is, in essence, Hollywood fan service. Because you're like, all right, they were in Desperado together. He and right, Salma right. Hayek ages ago, which was a hyper-violent, very fun film, if if you could take hyper-violent fun films. So you're like, oh, this is this means something because they're lovers and now they're not, and they're fu-. and but everything that they try to do in this 
feels more forced upon you and by proxy, like less fun. Yeah. Even though everybody, you, you know, I like Samuel L. Jackson a lot. And I sometimes see him take roles where I'm like, well, he just wants an addition to something that he owns or he wants a vacation. Because right. he doesn't phone it in, but sometimes he just does stuff because I think he just wants to keep working or he's like, well, what the hell? You know, I can be right. gone for three weeks and we can have those boats, right, you know? Right. He's not doing that here, but he definitely seems like he's just kind of there on autopilot in a way. Ryan Reynolds is game, um, but it, it's just, it's not landing in the same way that it worked in the first film, which is strange because the, the first film came out the first film came out when the second John Wick film came out. And I felt like that's weird because if your film comes out before it and Wick is a hit like it was, you're like, oh, we didn't get the gun kata right, stuff right, right. right. We're a little bit outdated now. It, fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with this film. The action is comical and over the top, but that's what you're here for. The characters are abrasive and vulgar. That's what you're here for. I think I might have liked the hitman's wife's bodyguard more if I had never really seen the hitman's bodyguard. Right. Like I think going in cold might've been the way to go, even if I had forgotten the original film, but oh, I, I, I said all that to get to this point where I, I liked it just a little better than you. I gave it a four, yeah. you know, it's just when we walked out, I, you know, when we were talking, it's funny when we walk out of a film and you find yourself talking about another film, I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, we started talking about Mark Wahlberg and infinite, right. you know, instead of this, but I said something to you that I haven't, I, I mean, it's not earth shatteringly like amazing. It's just, it hasn't stuck. It hasn't stopped being the way I've described it to people. It's just a, a violent Deuce Bigelow. To me, it is just like those films where you just have people in a room spouting off profanity and then kicking somebody in the groin and using an ashtray to cut their throat. And then you yell profanity at them again and you yell it loud enough and exaggeratedly enough that it's supposed to be hilarious and maybe a chuckle and maybe you don't but ryan reynolds is better at this at, in this mode when he's doing deadpool and all he's doing is deadpool here without you know the superpower like he's super funny quipping everybody says the smart comeback everybody one shots everybody except the bad guys who 50 shot nothing right, right. you know i i get it but it it's just if it's parodying itself it's not doing a good job if it's parodying other things it's not as interesting and if it's trying to be serious it's not as good right it's just missing on all things and somewhere in the first film somebody thought well we didn't use Salma Hayek very much we should really bring her in and I think she's fine. Like she does exactly what an amped up, pissed off, yeah, vulgar spouting. She's, sometimes she's okay, and sometimes she's a little hard to I'm, watch. I'm having, I'm having fun watching her do something yeah. she's never been around to do. You know, except in the first film, she's a very minor character in the first film, but she's doing the same stuff. You know, let's just make her the f okay. Right. Do it, but I don't think that was the answer to your problem. <clears throat> yeah, no. There's uh, there's so much in this movie too. And it is it is weird because it's one of those sequels where, uh, which is uh, you know all too common, where you have a sequel that doesn't seem like it understands why people like the first one, right? right? Like the what was good about the first one is almost completely missing in this yeah. one, uh, and it right. was uh, you know the kind of sense of fun, but this one. 
almost feels like, uh, you know, we don't really need a plot and who cares. Mm-hmm. And we can throw in like little laughs about uh, Samuel Jackson and Selma Hayek having sex. Right. You know, like, right. A, all the time. Right. Uh, B, you know, being, you know, really, really weird about it. Yeah. And C, uh, right next to Ryan Reynolds whenever possible. Right. And that will be really funny. And nobody like took just like a beat and went, is that really funny? Like, (laughs) like you say it, but I don't see it. (laughs) Right. Is this actually something that's going to be funny? Yeah. But as the plot moves on too, it's just, there are many points in the plot and it's not like, uh, you know, this needs to be Shakespeare or anything, right? No. It has to have some great plot. Right. And in some very general way, uh, it, it's not a terrible plot. It's a little uh, stupid that Greece is behind this for uh, because we wanted to vacation in Greece. We wanted like, to go. Really, we wanted right. to be in Greece. That's so. And now suddenly Greece is like this player uh, is like, like pissed yeah, right, or yeah. whatever. Right. And you know it's 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 really like they got somebody who is really scared of uh, cyber hacking. Yeah. And said, all right, write the plot. Like, what are you scared uh, is how cybersecurity threats work? And they, like, wrote the plot. And then people went, all right, whatever. Film it. And, and nobody yeah. went, right. uh, does anyone care if this has any <laughs> basis in reality or right. whatever? Like, right. if little green aliens popped out of boxes and right. that's the cybersecurity threat, wouldn't be that much different right. than the just bonkers screwiness of what happens yeah. as our big threat we have to stop yeah but also the plot uh goes through a lot of stages where it's like so so salma hayek is uh you know is a con woman obviously right, right? and uh and there's this whole part where it's like she's got amnesia or she had amnesia or you know she you know she conned him a long right. time ago and now she comes up with this, some story about the con or whatever. And then later on, it's like uh, he figured out that it was a con. Right. Well, I mean, why did he figure out that it was a con? Right. Well, because that's what it says in the script happens right. next. Is he, no knows, he knows it was a con. Yeah, there's nothing there except he <laughs> walks like, out of a room. Wait, what? Someone whispers or shows him the page and he walks back in and he goes, I knew it. You're right. <laughs> It's like you lied to me. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like he walks in, he's about to start saying his line. Yeah. And then so and then he's like, line? And right. somebody goes, you know. Right. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. uh, like I know now. Right. But there's so much of the plot that does that, right? It it's does. like, how do we get to the next part? It says so in the script. So go, and now we're right. here. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, there's uh Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but it is uh, it it is kind of fun to see these people in the times when it's fun to see them, right? But there are a lot of times that it's not fun to see them, and uh, the movie has a lot of stuff that you know when you're in the theater and and something happens, you might kind of like it, like mm-hmm. ah, that was like a funny moment, like yeah. all by itself, like if we don't have to see anything else, right? Right. Like when Ryan Reynolds is bashing the dude's head. Uh, which is funny because I can't remember the the guy's name, but watching this movie made me think. You know, he's uh, he's the guy from Umbr- Umbrella Academy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, which has like 
one season, two seasons, one, I, whatever. The, I, I think it's, it's two. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe it's two. Anyway, but I when he appeared in the movie, I thought, yeah. man, if you could get like pigeonholed instantly from one role, <laughs> right? Like you are no one else but that guy that from one um, Umbrella yeah. Academy, and you can never work again, right? Because, <laughs> because right. that's all you that's will ever that. be. Yeah. I was like, man, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Like that, I even thought that. But when Ryan Reynolds is bashing that guy's head into the jukebox, yeah, and then all of a sudden he goes, uh, "You're lucky I like this song because yeah. uh, Ace of Base comes right. on." Right? He's like, "You're lucky I like this song." Ha ha ha! It's you know he beats the guy up. Yeah, that could be like a fun moment in yeah. a movie, right? But we're not actually watching that movie. We're not right. watching the movie where that scene right. fits in the movie that we're watching. That scene has to be in a whole other set of things that are going on. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's like a funny thing, right? But that's and you, <laughs> that's you either, not what I that's not what I've been doing for the last right. hour. Right? And it that joke depends so much on someone like me who just watched the prequel, the original, instead of the sequel the day before. And you remember like, oh, he sings, him and Samuel Jackson are screaming at each other in a car and he starts singing that Ace of Bass song. But if you also haven't seen that movie for four years, you're like, <laughs> okay, so he just likes weird pop tunes. Right, right. Like it just doesn't land and you do a lot to put that joke out, but it's just not there. Right. Like it, that's kind of indicative of a bunch of little things that go on, but I... It it means well. It's earnest. It's really not. It didn't seem like it was just gratuitously like trying to cash in on something that wasn't super successful in the first place. It actually genuinely looked like they thought they had a fun story to continue on and tell. I, maybe I'm out of the loop on whether or not this is like a cult classic. I don't think so. So right. like I'm not sure where that audience came from, but during a time where you can get Ryan Reynolds post Deadpool to sign on to a violent hyper-aggressive comedy action flick and Sam Jackson's willing to get in, I think you just start throwing money at it, right, you know, and then yeah. you get it and you're like, hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I would rather have, um, and I, you know, I don't know, I guess this is going to make everybody a bunch of money and everybody's yeah. happy, so it doesn't matter, but right. I would, you know, I would rather have Ryan Reynolds every once in a while, you know, goes on like an indie yeah. binge and he like, <laughs> Yeah, it comes out with a movie that is like tiny. Right, you won't even know that it ever came out <laughs> until like a year and a half later when somebody finally mentions yeah. it to you. Uh, I would rather have my original Hitman's Bodyguard mm -hmm. and leave that alone Walk and away. let these people be in you yeah. know, some other thing than have to have this come along and kind of more ruin or less it. ruin the first yeah. movie. Right, just because it's and it's still. Uh, I still don't hate it because, you know, obviously we're totally right. bagging on it and it's, you know, it's not good. And I give it three yeah. and you give it four. So it's right. not like everybody rush out to see it. Right. But, you know, when it comes out on Netflix or whatever, it's still, you it's know, fine. it's yeah. fine. It's not like John Tutoro's The Jesus sequel where <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> right. you've done some real damage here, like real damage. It, it, it is exactly that when it's on Netflix or whatever streaming service and you're like, Oh, let's, let's, let's watch that. Right. You're not going to be hating it and you're the, not going to turn it off, but you, you know, it doesn't, not everything wows. Right. And it's, and it's not even as yeah. bad as uh, like, there's nothing to get out of it. There are like yeah. some fun parts in it. There are, there fun are parts some, in it. Uh, there are some fairly cool moments mm -hmm. in the movie. I think, 
the the weird thing about it for me is uh, the farther away we are from this whole cyber plot, yeah, uh, the better the movie is, right? Yeah. When it's not paying attention to that like at all, right? <laughs> then it's really good, and it's so it's so weird too because uh, you know we have to move this thing along where it becomes like it's just down to Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. right? So there's this whole. Uh, you know, there's some digging happening over here. Yeah. Oh no, but wait, it's like underwater, and it's also like Scooby Doo, yeah. like friggin' nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes it so that it all comes down to like the thing that you can apparently like take over the computer system <laughs> the of Europe this, is just laying on the bottom drill. of the ocean. There's no one to guard it. There, <laughs> I know, right? It's it's just there. Let's hope they don't pinpoint the secret access tunnel. Right. Let's see. Let's make, let's hope Come no on. one ever finds yeah. out that this is there because then you have to have this specially made super drill mm-hmm. to get into the thing. Do you? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's you do Mark. It's in the there's movie. There's no one even Page around. Yeah. You could take your time, right? Right. What's the and rush? you have to like drill into the thing. Could you not actually cause a lot just of problems go, right. just snapping that go cable? down there? Just see what happens. Stand on it for a minute. It's just it's you know, so weird that we devise this yeah. whole diamond drill yeah. monstrosity problem that it's like. But wait, that the thing is non secure <laughs> in the first place. Every once in a while, there's a film that just gets by on its vulgarity, okay? Every once in a while, there's a film that just gets by on it on its violence. I, I get that maybe if this had also been the kind of thing where everyone was like, look, we, we didn't know before John Wick had come out that we could really get violent. So now that we know, right. let's just try to do some real crazy stuff. Like, let's really go hard but there's nothing there. You know, you if you want to just use vulgarity to carry a film, then go watch Ted. You know, watch right. Seth MacFarlane just right. come up with a bunch of stuff and then like hilariously have Ted go, oh, wait, that's the line? All right, I know now I can't cross that. <laughs> or just do the violence, you know, and just make people just meat pockets where you're squibbing all, but it doesn't do that either. It just, it weirdly rides in this gutter next to all that. And again, like what we said about Mark Wahlberg off the show, which we don't have to go into much now, is just sometimes the charisma of somebody can carry you. Right. Ryan Reynolds is a charismatic, talented actor. I wish he would do something other than just play versions of Deadpool. Sam Jackson has charisma to spare. The guy still can do whatever he wants. And, you know, you sprinkle in good talent. You know, I, I like Salma Hayek in films. I like, you know, I'm not wild about Antonio Banderas, but there's a bunch of other people around them. You'd think that this would be elevated if they were just having fun or doing something other than coasting. Right. And it just feels like people are driving to the set and they're coming up with funny one-liners. How do we fit that scene in? Make that scene? Well, I'll loop that. It's just it's just not very interesting. Right. And it, and it would have been instantly, I think, 10 times better if we'd have had a plot yeah. that if somebody else had come up with a plot that worked. Yeah. And then we could spend our time moving along the plot right instead of there is no moving along the plot here there's just right. suddenly getting to the next Chasing. plot point and saying yeah. it happened right and so what you have to fill in with is a bunch of them just arguing weird. with each other for right. no reason and having their own little 
yeah. you know, whatever. And, and, you know, this is also the downside of having just seen the first film and then walking into the second film without a four year gap, like most people did, unless it's their favorite film, and they just watch the hell out of it. The first movie ends and they're on great terms. Samuel Jackson right, puts right. him back in touch, puts him in the, in the grasp of his um, most recent girlfriend that things have fallen off. He's got his wife. He's going to escape. They're all, they're buddy, buddy, buddy now. Right. And, and then, then you it, pick up the second film and, and they, something's and happening they between them and they're like, whatever. Hey, and they're throwing punches and stab. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what, what, why? There's no, and there's never an explanation for it. It's just right. like, I hate that guy. And I'm like, you didn't 25 <laughs> minutes ago. Right. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. So it's a little weird. Uh, so you did remind me though, uh, and we're running oh. out of time, but you did make me think of, yeah. I was going to uh, quickly mention something else, but then you reminded me because you're talking about all the being vulgar and violent. Yeah. And uh, if you have not watched, uh, you know, we're doing a whole HBO Max thing right. uh, today. But if you have not watched Harley Quinn, oh yeah, I got uh, it. and oh, the uh, the big kerfuffle, the, the second season now yeah. uh, came out. Oh, it is it's great, really good. See, you standing by that because you're not always one that loves this kind of stuff. Anyway, not it. It but is, but you're it is as. You know, TVMA oh, yeah, something right. could get. Don't it, watch it this with the kids. Super, it yeah. is super okay. uh, vulgar and like. I gotta watch this too. I'm raunchy behind. kind of stuff and yeah. insanely violent. Yeah. And uh, people get just getting whacked no, everywhere. That and not good. only that, but it's doing. Uh, it, it got a lot of. Uh, you know, the people making this movie specifically. Yeah. Got a lot of leeway from everyone in DC. Uh, because people get killed, yeah, like that right. are not supposed to get killed. I mean, yeah. people get killed, and you go, "Well, wait, what? Right. What world are we in now?" <laughs> right. right? Like it. That's is, good. They uh, need some good press after last it's week. Weird, yeah. right? But it is really good, and oh, it cool. it is weirdly well written for. Uh, yeah, you know, just working the characters yep. and and nice. It's it's cool. The DC animated stuff is there. DC is way behind. This is. I mean, we're getting out of here. But the DC stuff sucks compared to the Marvel films. The DC animated movies kick butt right. they're almost always just like stellar they should just right. do that instead but <laughs> they should just anyway. give up all right uh so next week we'll have uh fast, fast and furious nine oh, uh, and hopefully some other things <laughs> yeah. also um yes. yeah that's that's going to be a, a right. interesting episode of the show thanks for tuning in right. and uh, we'll see you next week all right bye, bye. hey listeners on behalf of myself and shane leonard we want to thank you for tuning in once again the Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by AreYouScreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to AreYouScreening.Podbean.com or AreYouScreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.